Let me know that you hear me. Let me know your touch. Let me know that you love me and let that be enough. You know, it's so interesting as we uh, <clears throat> enter into the Christmas season, one of the things that we know about Christmas is that in the midst of all the joy and in the midst of all the spirit of the season and the fun, um, Christmas is also one of the absolute hardest times. <laughs> um, it kind of elevates when, when seasons like this come, it elevates the good, but it also can really elevate the hard um, and the struggle. And so when we think about Christmas, and as we've been mentioning to you guys, this, this series that we're doing, that Jesus was actually called Emmanuel, which means that God is actually with us. And so a couple of weeks ago, we looked at how unbelievably powerful and un- unbelievably huge and that God is, that he's so holy and he's so far beyond us. And then last week, Lad brought us down to this idea that that God who created all that we saw and knows the intricacies of every single one of us, that that huge God actually became a man, that Jesus is that God who's with us. And so when you go with that, if that's really true, you guys, then that should like change everything. (laughs) That should change everything. But the question is, does it? Does it actually change things? Is God with us? And um, so it was so funny. I'm, I'm sitting down there right as the service starts and I get a text and um, I just pulled out my phone and just looked at it and it's a guy who just recently within the last month um, lost a relationship with someone he loves more than anybody else and, and, that, and that relationship was lost. And then I, I in, in the text today says, hey, I just lost my job this week. See, so, okay, what I need to know, God, is can I, hear, can I hear you now? Can I receive your touch now? This whole idea that God is with us, is that actually true for me? And what's your, what's your bench? What, what's your thing in this world that just makes it so difficult at times and so tough at times? And the question is, is in those times, is God actually with us? Because you guys, when someone's with us, it does change things. Like celebrating is always way more fun if there's people with you, right? I mean, to actually be at a game with 70,000 people and celebrating the win is really different than sitting in your home with a TV. It's just not as powerful. Being in a hospital alone when something horrible is going on, is incredibly heavy. Having just one person sit with you somehow changes the experience. It, it lightens that burden. And if you're afraid, if there's a fear, having someone else is with you, like if you're in the dark and you're all alone, if there's somebody else who's in the dark with you, all of a sudden it's not quite as scary. See, there's something changes when somebody's actually with you. And so today, I just want to say Merry Christmas, okay? Merry Christmas, because that's the whole story. The whole story is that Christ was the fullness of God, and he dwelt among us. But the question I want to address with you today is how does that make any difference for us right now? Is God with us 
Emmanuel. Not was he with us 2,000 years ago, but is he actually with us right now all the time? Because if he is, if God is actually with us in that way, I'm telling you, then everything does change. All right? So, man, let's pray. Let's pray and let's ask God to reveal what it means to us right now that God's actually with us. Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you for the beauty of the snow and the sun coming out and that reflection, the glistening. We just thank you for this glorious morning. But God, I just want to ask right now that you would come and just as, as even as we're going to look at today, that as we come to your throne of grace, even right now, that you might give us what we need. You know every person who's here today. You know them intimately, just like in this drama. And you know what they need. You know what I need. And Jesus, I believe you came with everything that we need and that you're with us. So God, just teach us, open our eyes, move in our hearts and help us to understand the depth of that in Jesus' name, amen. All right. So how many of you guys have kids? How many kids, all right? Okay. How many of them are freaked out for Christmas? All right, you got your kids. Like, it was so funny. Last year, my kids, I, they, they didn't want anything. I, I, they had no list. They had nothing. This year, like, the list is, like, really long. I mean, I know what they want to have. Now, here's what's interesting, you guys, is having things changes stuff. So, man, my kids, man, they want a kitten. They want an iPod Touch. They want Legos, you know. I mean, they want, they have all these things that they want to have. But what's so interesting is already at that age, they understand something that's really interesting about what it means to be human. That there's not much that touches us so deeply than to have something. To have something. See, like if you don't have a job, and then all of a sudden you have a job, (laughs) see, everything starts to change. If you have your health, and then all of a sudden you have a sickness... You possess something happening inside your body. Everything changes. If you have a home. See, there's all these type of things. When you have something, I've I've just been really intrigued as I've been thinking about this message. Why is it that there's something inside of us that that affects us so deeply that we want to have things? And I think it's because it actually literally changes our life when we do. Now, Let's go away from physical stuff. And what happens when all of a sudden you have a relationship, right? Like all of a sudden you have a boyfriend. All of a sudden you have a girlfriend, right? Everything changes. All of a sudden, like I was thinking, all of a sudden then it moves farther and you have a husband. You aren't single anymore. You have, like for me, oh my gosh, I have a wife and I have children, I think about the people here at K2 who've adopted children, kids who didn't have a mom or a dad, and now they have that. You guys, this changes everything dramatically. And here's what happens, because when you have a relationship, when you even have, when you have a friend, I have that. You know what you have? You have somebody who now is with you. They're with you. And that changes everything. So in John chapter 14, verses 16 through 17, Jesus said this. This is near the end of his life. And he said, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate 
to help you and to be with you forever. The spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he lives with you and he will be in you. Guys, this is the greatest message of Christmas. The, the, the Bible just tells us that what happens after Christmas, before Christmas, you guys, to go into God's presence was absolutely terrifying. <laughs> when you read the Old Testament, is God's glory was so huge and he was always frightening to be around. But after Jesus came, now there was an intimacy and a relationship that was possible between human beings and God. And they just says, the hope of your glory, the hope of my glory is that Jesus Christ is actually in me. He's with us and he's with us forever. We have him. And I just think that is so cool. It's one of the greatest things. We long to have things. <clears throat> and what Christmas says is now God is saying, you can have me. You can have me. Okay, let's look at the verse. I'm going I'm to tear apart. I'm going to go into Hebrews chapter 4. So if you have your Bibles, go ahead and, and uh, open up to Hebrews chapter 4. And you can, again, you can always use our U version um, uh, on, the, on, the, on your iPhone or your, your device like that. We'd love, our notes are always on there. Or the verse will be up here on the screen. I'm going to share a verse with you guys that um, there are certain ones that just come to me <clears throat> in my own walk with God all the time. And this verse, this passage I'm going to share with you is maybe a verse that gets prayed by me almost every day. Almost every day. Because it is so essential for me to know that God is actually with me. And we're just going to tear this puppy apart, all right? So let's look at this. Hebrews chapter 4, 16 through 18. It says, Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have, here we go, let's watch these words have. What do you have? He goes, we don't have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, and yet he didn't sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. This is so cool. So you guys, he starts off and he goes, you have a high priest. Now, how, when you guys hear that you have a high priest, how many of you are just psyched? <laughs> yeah, you're going, okay, I have no idea what that means, right? <coughs> so, um, hey, Susie, can you throw me that water down there? All right, thanks. So, yeah, so I tell you, you read the Bible. And this is where it's so funny, right? So some of you guys, you're reading the Bible and you're in Hebrews and you're like, what in the heck does this mean? You have a high priest and you just read right by that. See, but in this book, what's happening in Hebrews, you guys, is the writer is writing to a group of people who have a, are having a really hard time holding on to God. They're having, a whole time, they're having a hard time sticking with the faith of what they really believe in. And there's these Jewish people now, see, if you were all Jewish and I said, you have a high priest, you'd be like, sweet, okay? Because here's what a high priest did. <clears throat> in the Old Testament, God was present in the temple. That's where he was. And he was at the, his presence was in the center of the Holy of Holies. And there was only one person who could ever even enter into God's presence. And he could only go in there one time a year. And it was the high priest and the reason he went in is all of you and I, we'd all be sitting out here in the outer courts and waiting. And the high priest would enter in one time a year. 
and he would offer a sacrifice on the day of atonement and he would offer the sacrifice to make a sacrifice for the sins of all the people. So everybody's sin, all the mess up that they had for all the whole year, the high priest one time by his act of sacrifice, what he did is he represented the people to God and he represented God to the people. The high priest was the one who could actually connect people to God and he was the only one who could do that. He was the representative. And so when the Bible says here, it's like, man, you have a high priest. You have someone, you do, who paves the way for you to be in a right relationship with God. You have someone who made a sacrifice for you and he covers all of your sin. And this is Jesus, the son of God. The one that we talked about last week, Jesus, the son of God, is your high priest. He's the one who paves the way so that you can have a relationship with God. He's the one who wipes out all of your sin. He's the one who actually draws you near to God. You have that. You have someone right now who actually connects your relationship to God. And I just want to uh, help you to remember something. We just went through through this whole series, right, called Base Camp. And what we said in that is the adventure of life is actually knowing God. He is the adventure. It's not trying to live a great life and seeing if God will bless your life. No, eternal life is when you know God personally. Walking with God is the adventure. Knowing him in the midst of everything, everything that you're going through. Following him with all of your devotion. And what's so cool is the high priest, Jesus Christ, is the one who he says we have him. We have someone who has caught us and connected us to God so that you can live the life you were created to live. Merry Christmas. See, this is where we go. Merry Christmas. You are no longer out there trying to live life on your own. You have God. You have a high priest, and he is with you. Now, what I want to show you is three things that are so awesome about this high priest and something that you have, that I have that I need and you need. Here's the first one. Number one, because we have a high priest, we have his empathy. We have his empathy. Look at verse 15. We don't have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he didn't sin. See, so the one who connects us to God, you guys, with this Bible, what the the scripture tells us, is that Jesus, as our high priest, he's one, he, he gets it. He's one who, I mean, he's one who can stand beside you and go, man, I totally get what you're going through. And he's not, he's not only with you. You know how somebody can actually be with you, but they don't get you? Anybody know people like that? How cool is it when you actually share something with somebody and they look back at you and they say, I totally get it. I totally get it. See, that's what this Bible is telling us. That the one who draws us near to God totally gets it. Have you ever been in a situation or going through something and you feel like nobody gets you? Anybody been there? <clears throat> Man, I'll tell you, how, uh, for parenting, <laughs> I mean, seriously, like how many of you feel like you're the only parents who totally screw up your kids? You know, I mean, and so you, seriously, you, you come home and you kind of lock up the doors and you pull the shades, right? And you make sure, and you're like, oh my gosh. <clears throat> I remember years ago, Susie and I were struggling through this thing, how to be good parents. And then how many of you, when you look at everybody else, they're like, how do they do it? right? You look around and you go, look at their kids. Did you know everybody's looking at you and going, look at your kids? Because uh, years ago, we went to a small group 
And there were about six of six couples, and we all sat in there, and it was a parenting small group. And I knew all these people, they got it down. Like, I'm ready. Teach me. And you know what happened in that moment? The very first day, everybody shared their stories, and we all looked at each other, and we're like, oh, my gosh. You're in the same boat I am. You know how good that feels? Doesn't that feel good? I mean, doesn't that feel good when you know you're not the only one who screwed up? When you, when you come together and somebody goes, man, I totally get you. There's something that's so awesome about that. And what Jesus is saying to you is, listen, you guys, I get it. Every struggle you're going through, he goes, I get it. That's pretty amazing. And he says he can actually empathize with us. See, now here's where it's weird. You know, I'm so excited about our partnership with Swaziland. And I'm so excited that we actually get to, 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 um, to help these kids. And can I just ask you guys, right, when we, when we showed the kids and we talked about the struggles that they're going with and how their parents are dying and they, the AIDS issue is such horrible and they don't have clean water, how many of you actually found yourself having sympathy in your heart for, for these kids? You just, you just do, right? But here's what's crazy is I do too. That's why we all gobbled up those kids, right? Man, let me take care of them. Let me be the one to sponsor them. But here's what I realized this week. I can sympathize with those kids. I can't empathize with them. I have no idea what it's like to actually live in their shoes. And here's what Jesus is saying. You have a high priest. You have someone who draws you near to God. And he came down here to experience everything you've experienced. It would be like you saying, you know what? I'm going to go to Swaziland and I'm going to live there and I'm going to experience loss and I'm going to experience hunger and I'm going to experience sickness. That's what Jesus Christ did so that he could empathize with us. He was tempted in every single way, the Bible says. You can go ahead and leave that verse up there just real quick for me, verse 15. It says he was tempted in every way. And here's what's important, you guys. What's the temptation that you and I have to face? Think about this. If the adventure, if life, if eternal life is me knowing God and living life in relationship with him and being committed to follow him, if that's life, me and God like this, you know what the temptation is? The temptation is always to be separated from him. Always. The temptation is to not believe him. The temptation is to not trust him. The temptation is to give up. Here's a, and, and we're all in this boat. The temptation is to replace God with other things in this world to satisfy us, to give us significance, to make us, to bring us pleasure, to fill our lives. The temptation is always to look at a person, please be what I need, or job, or finances. The temptation is always there. And here's the other temptation. The temptation every single day is to say no to God, isn't it? The temptation is always to say yes to what you want to do and no to what God is asking us to do. And one of the coolest things is when you read the Bible, you will see that Jesus Christ faced every one of those temptations. Right off the bat, as soon as he comes on the scene, that Satan comes and takes him and tempts him with the same type of temptations that we had. Come on, you don't need to say yes to your father. Take it on your own. Do what you want to do. You know what? Nobody experienced rejection more than Jesus. I mean, that dude, I, 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 you think about that. This guy loved every single person. Everything he said was right. And every time he went out there, people rejected him. So if you're feeling rejection, there's somebody who goes, Jesus is going, dude, I get it. 
I'm with you. If you're experiencing loneliness, he knows. If you're experiencing suffering, he knows. Jesus knows. We have his empathy. And can I just ask you a question? When you're struggling with something really deeply in your life, if you've got, right, if you've got deep, dark secrets, even right now, and you're really struggling, who do you want to go to? Who do you want to go to? Do you, go, do you want to go to, did you say your mom? Yeah, that's awesome. That was a good answer. But here's, do you want to go to somebody who's never struggled with that thing? You usually don't, right? You usually don't want to go to somebody who's never struggled with that because those are the guys who have all the answers and no understanding, right? They'll just tell you everything you should be doing and you just want to say, shut up because you have no idea because you've never walked in these shoes. Lots of times the the people who will bring judgment upon you or they'll pull away it's like you share this and because they can't understand it you guys know what i'm saying so you don't want to definitely share it with somebody who's never actually struggled in it but do you really want to share it with somebody who gets it like you know the same as you like you share your struggle and they're like oh man me too and it's like really so what are you doing they're like i don't know i'm just still struggling right so you share your struggle with somebody else who's struggling it feels better because they're in the same boat but they can't help you No, who do you want to share your struggle with? If you can share your struggle with somebody who's been in the exact same struggle, but they're not struggling anymore, that is somebody who will understand you, have empathy towards you, but be able to pull you out of it. And that's Jesus. He was tempted in every way, but he never blew it. He was made like us in temptation, that we might become like him in victory. Number two, so we have his empathy. He gets it. Number two, we have his power. Look at this. We don't have a high priest who's unable to empathize with our weakness. We have one who has been tempted in every way just as we are, yet he didn't sin. He didn't do it. He didn't fall apart. You guys, how hard is it to keep the faith? Any one of you, if, I'm telling you, any person who has ever said, man, I'm going to try to seek God with all my heart. If you've ever said that, you know how hard it is, don't you? You know how difficult it is to actually pull this thing off. But here's what's crazy is Jesus, his temptations and his trials and his sufferings were far more than anything you and I have ever endured. So, and, and you know Why? Because as human beings, when the pressure gets a little bit hard or the temptation gets a little bit too tough, what do we do? We usually cave in. (laughs) See, we actually give up really quickly and Jesus never gave up. Hebrews 12, 4 says, In your struggle against sin, you have not resisted to the point of shedding your blood. But he did. So it's kind of like, the best example I could get was something like this. Like I could, you know, I don't know when I was actually working out years, like years ago, and I was really working out and going as hard as I could. I remember getting to the point where I could lift like 225 pounds. You know, that was, I had never been strong. That was like huge for me, but eventually I quit, you know, and that's as, that's as far as I got was 225 pounds. There's a guy here, Matt Shoda. I was going to ask him. He actually has broken the record for, for bench press. I don't know if anybody, it's like, oh, that's like over 500 pounds. The dude, see, now he went over 500 pounds. See, now if Matt, when he hit 225, did he quit? No, he kept going. And because he kept going, he's like twice as strong as I ever have been. If I needed, if I was lifting weights and I said, hey man, I need some help. Matt. Yes. Right? <laughs> No problem for Matt. Problem for me. So you want somebody who's actually, see, he just resisted longer than I did. 
and he kept going and he got stronger. You guys, you know what Jesus is like? It's like, so I quit at 225. Matt quit at like 500. Jesus is like, I never quit, man. I'm just still going. Just keep adding on the weights. Keep adding on the weights. Dude, I created Canis Majoris. Bring it on, right? It's like he has nothing. There is nothing that he can't do. See, here's what's crazy is Jesus Christ never said no to his father ever. And so because of that, his temptation got harder and stronger and more intense. We give up when it gets kind of hard. Jesus had never given up and he never gave in. And here's what's crazy, you guys. So when you're struggling in your faith and you're struggling to believe and you're struggling to say yes to God and you're struggling to keep going, what this Bible is telling us, Christmas is telling you, you have a high priest who draws you close to God and he was tempted in every way that you are, but he never said no. Jesus, spot me. Spot me, come. Be my strength. I need you. We have his power. Number three is we have his help. Because he was tempted in every way and because he never sinned, let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we can receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Do you guys, do you have a need? Do you have a need? I mean, I, I'm telling you, this week I had, I had some need action going on. You guys can pray for my wife. Um, but what's crazy is when you have a need, he's saying, then approach the throne. Why? Because we have his help. So he's the one... I get it. I know how you're struggling. I can help you. And I have the power. I never gave in. I can help you. So come to me so you can receive mercy and find grace. You guys, you know what mercy is? Mercy is love's response to any, any misery. And the Bible says that God is so rich in mercy. So basically, God is up there saying, listen, if you're in misery, just like in the drama here, if you're in misery, he goes, I care. And I love the Old Testament passage that says his mercies are new every morning. His mercies, his care and compassion are new for you every morning. So you can receive mercy and then say, go ahead and leave that verse up there for me. You can receive mercy and you can find grace to help in your time of need. Do you guys know what grace is? It's interesting because many times when we think about grace, we just think of this really short little um, definition called undeserved favor. And it is. Grace is a gift. It is something that God gives to you and you don't earn it. But you guys, the more important thing to understand about grace is it is a free gift which does for you what you can't do for yourself. Grace is God's enabling power to strengthen you to do what you can't do. The message we preach here every Sunday is that you are saved by what? Grace. Not by works so that no one can boast. What he's saying is you can't save yourself. So I'm going to give you grace. You aren't going to work for it. I'm going to give it, but I am going to enable you and empower. I'm going to save you because you can't save yourself. And I'm telling you guys, this is the verse. This right here is what I find myself praying all the time in my life. Because I realize I can't believe how often I am in need. 
and how many times I just am struggling in my faith and I'm struggling to believe that he still loves me and I'm struggling to believe that he's with me. You know, you guys, you know what I'm saying? Struggling with, with lures to pursue other things or people or stuff to bring me my significance. I'm, I'm with you in this boat. And Jesus felt the exact same thing. And he says, now, if you would come to me, I would give you mercy for anything you've done. And I would give you grace. I would, din- I would divinely empower you so that you could do which right now, right now, what you can't do God wants to help you. He is with you. He's with you. So, what do we do? What do we do? Here's the first question. Do you have him? Do you have him? See, because what's so clear in this, you guys, is this. You cannot walk with God without him. You can't. You can be a good person, but you can't walk with God without Jesus Christ living inside of you. He is the only one who has ever said yes to God all the time. And so the first thing that has to happen is, if, is, is as you go on this journey, if, if some of you are here and you're saying, man, I feel like I'm so alone and I feel like I can't do this. Partly the first question you got to answer is, do you have him? And, you know, and we started this base camp thing and we went through it these last couple months. But we're going to do a, a base camp class is going to start every month. So we have one that's going to begin in January, okay? So if you weren't able to do base camp with us these last couple months or even if you're visiting with us today, you guys, if you're at the place where you're, where you're ready to really consider a relationship with God through Christ and you realize, I don't have the spirit in me. <laughs> I don't have this power. I don't have this help that he's offering. I just want to really encourage you, man. Sign, sign up for base camp. It's, it's, it's just designed to help you to take the first steps of understanding what it is to really know God and to have him in your life. And you can sign up right out in the lobby uh, for the class that'll begin in January. All right? But if you do have him, how do you get this into your life? If you do, for you Christians like me, how do you actually get this, receive this grace and receive this mercy so that it actually has effect in your life. What he says, the first thing he says is you have to approach. You have to draw near. And I, and I tell you guys, um, this is why I just want to encourage you every day, just keep drawing near. Keep drawing near. There's a guy who met with me, pretty successful guy. He met with me a few months ago and he just said, man, David, he goes, I totally believe in Christ, but I've got these areas in my life and I'm struggling with these things. He goes, and he told me everything that he's doing. And, and he said, but can you just help me, man? What could I do to just get a little bit more of God and really know that I'm walking with him? And it was so funny because I just told him, I said, dude, if you would just spend every day with him and draw near to him and ask him, really, I'm telling you, you'll start to know him better and you'll start to receive from him. He called me two days ago. He's going through huge stuff right now in his life. And he said, remember that talk we had two months ago? <laughs> he goes, when you told me all I needed to do was really spend more time with God and really approach him and draw near to him, he goes, I was kind of like, oh, come on, is that all you got? He goes, can I just tell you, for the last two months, I've totally been engaging more in reading the scriptures and receiving from God. And right now, he gave, in the midst of everything I'm going through, he goes, I have complete peace. I have complete peace. See, he's been drawing in and receiving this. See, when this, when this, you guys can you keep that verse up there for me? Let's go to verse 16. 
It says, let us approach the throne of grace with confidence. With confidence. See, this is what I find, is every day I need to go to God, and when I come to God, what's so cool is I can come to God with confidence, and it means boldness. And you know why I can? Because I know I have a high priest who took care of all of my sin. I know that I can approach God, and God goes, welcome my son. Just like when Caleb runs into that room and I just want to envelop him, every time I come to God, I can come with confidence knowing he loves me. Even if I'm struggling, doubting, struggling with sin, it doesn't matter. I can come to God with confidence, not because of me, but because of Christ. And that's huge. So come with boldness and confidence. He's your high priest. And then, you know what confidence means? It means, and just say it. Just say it. I'm telling you guys, getting everything out to God and telling Him all of your struggles is when God will actually start to touch your struggles. He does want to come and help you. He does. He does care. And He does know. And He is with you. Christmas, Christ coming in and dwelling among us was to open up the door so that He could actually dwell within your heart. And He is with you. So approach Him, approach Him, approach Him with confidence, lay it all out, and let the grace of God come and strengthen you and empower you to keep you close to Him. All right? Band, let's come forward, let's get up here, and we're going to jump into a time of worship, and let me pray. Lord, thank You so much that You haven't left us alone in this world and in this struggle that we go through to keep close to You. Thank You, Jesus. Thank You for going through the same struggles. Thank you that you don't leave us down here to try to figure this out on our own, but that you are with us. And thank you because of that, we have your empathy and we have your power and we have your help. And God, I just pray that right now you would encourage every person in this room that you are here now to help because you have your great love and your great mercy. And we pray for it in Jesus' name. Amen.